0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of International Immersion, a podcast where we seek to connect various people, cultures, and events, where we can discuss them and learn more about the world around us. So today we have another episode with my good friend Andy from Argentina. And for today's discussion, we wanted to talk more about Argentina. I personally have never been there, but Andy is from uh, the Buenos Aires area. And I thought it'd be a great idea if we talked to him more about the, um, more about what, you know, Argentina has to offer, the things he likes about it, and going through some topics where he can share with people around the world, you know, what he thinks of his country and 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 at the same time learn more about, you know, another interesting country that makes up this great world of ours. So Andy, it's great to have you on today.
1: Uh oh, thank you very much, Sean. It's my pleasure to be here back again. Uh well I'd love to tell you guys about Argentina and perhaps uh, provided with a one-on-one guide of like what, what Argentina is about if you encounter another Argentine in your journeys around the world. So we go got a wide variety of topics, and why not begin with my personal favorite one, which is the economy? Because like, why know about Argentina's economy, you might be wondering. And it's because it's very special. It's, uh, it's one of those few places in the world that has a double-digit inflation. Uh, we, we we are comparable to Venezuela and some other countries in Africa, and well, inflation is essentially means that if you have a higher inflation, that that's bad because prices uh, they they go increasing along the year, per currency depreciates. If you're wondering what that uh,
0: what that number is right now, it's around forty percent. Forty percent, wow! Yeah,
1: that's a lot, right? So that means. That uh, something that costs today like one Argentine peso would end up costing like, one, 1. 1.4 by the end of
0: the year. So that's Well, that's, I mean, 4%. that's, uh, I mean, I've heard about, you know, the inflation rate in Argentina before, but I mean, but hearing it from you, that's just like, wow. I mean, because the U.S. No, inflation like, rate like, around two to three. It's
1: just natural. It, it's like, I, I'm, we, we are used to that. It just, it keeps on growing every year. Like some, some governments have tried to lower it down, but they just can't. Because um, we, we like, I like to think about the economy as you are just like handling a puppet. You know those ones that you have like strings, and when you raise one of the arms, or that like a string puppet, like you're lowering the other one. So there's so many different variables that you're trying to control, but uh, at the same time, while you're actually, you know, like you need to provide people with like subsidies for like transportation for food for living, right? So like that increases the expenditure of the country. But then at the same time, you need to like, where are you taking that money from? You're taking that money by just printing more cash and that generates inflation because the value of the currency there just decreases over time because there's more of the same thing. You're not actually creating value. You're not using that money in many cases in Argentina to actually, uh, you know, like do more production, expand know the possibilities you know build road infrastructure you know provide incentives for companies no, you're just giving it directly to the people why because understandably we got around 40 percent of poverty uh, so you would say um like roughly four out of ten people that you would encounter back home are like below the poverty line which is something crazy that uh well that that, that is a, a story by itself i encourage you to like research that if you're interested in so it's hard dealing with so many things at the same time.
0: Oh, naturally. Anytime, anytime an economy has more and more factors that you know are affecting it, it's harder to deal with it from a government standpoint.
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so of course, you need to give like, some resources to the people because they need them right now. But at the same time, you're trying to lower the expenditure of the country because like, that, that you have an internal deficit. So how do you manage that? At the same time, your currency I like, continues to devalue itself because I like, know nobody likes your currency. Because it just continues it just continues to increase over here, Like to give you an example, uh, I was like reading some like university papers on on like last April and the exchange rate are one like from pesos to US dollar was that uh, eighty Argentine pesos made one US dollar. Today, just two months after that day. Like the exchange rate is 120 Argentine pesos to one dollar. And, and it has been going on like that until one point we will have already so many zeros in our currency that they will just begin to like take them off and begin begin to count again from one. Which is a sad thing, but uh, like eventually that will happen. It, it has happened. It's a cycle. So, so nobody wants to like save an Argentine peso, so they want to buy US dollars because that's a currency that... Over time, of course, retains its value, but what is the government doing in face of that? Because, if, like people buy more U.S. dollars, the value of our currency continues to devalue even more. So they put restrictions.
0: So it's kind the, of a like, vicious cycle. But because pe- people maybe trying to you know buy into a U.S. dollar or another safer currency in their mind, that's actually creating a, 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 a kind of making the snowball you know big oh, grow.
1: And, and what's worse. Is that like if that is a problem, then the few foreign companies that operate in the country they cannot take the revenue back to their own countries because we want, like, imagine like Ford, the car manufacturer, they, they, they make cars, they send them to Brazil, to Chile, some other like countries around around town, and yeah, they, they cannot take their profits back home because that would mean that the US dollars are leaving the country. So they put restrictions on that. So again, which which company? One like nobody wants to invest in here, if you have Like so many controls on the like, movement of currency. So, so it, it, it's a big problem. And and at the same time, all right, let's say we control it. Let's let's just like free that movement of like currency from one place to another one. Then you're just like opening up the economy and that harms a lot like local producers.
0: So, yeah, it's like it's a vicious cycle because you can try. Some initiatives that benefit the these people, but it will affect these other people or these industries, vice versa. So there's nothing perfect. It's like you know anything you exactly. do, any economic system has its you know pros and cons. No, it, it's
1: just it's just nuts. So let's suppose there was a way of getting U.S. dollars, which is like how we save money back home, uh, without actually you know by like trying to limit like using these very drastic measures. So where do we go to? We go to the IMF and the World Bank, because those folks tend to loan money to countries that need it. Now they do impose conditions on what of what you should do with that money, eh? uh, like what, what is the direction your country's economy should take. Uh, the problem is that sometimes folks who detail those set of instructions, they are not really people that have lived in the country before. and. If they had, they would understand that those policies, they don't work here. Because Argentines, I like to say, they, they are very special people. They like to protest like you have never seen in, in the world. And they, they will go out to the streets with like frying pans and, you know, like those wooden spoons. And literally you'll have 10,000 people, 100,000 people in the biggest avenue and just like just knocking there the frying pan with a spoon, just claiming for the government to just not do. Do something else, yeah. but I think you try, you know, some of those policies might mean, um, yeah, reducing expenditure to the people, reducing subsidies on transportation and electricity. You know, like you know, those t- sort of things. Yeah, people don't like that.
0: So, you but yeah, know, so Andy, from what you're are, sa- from what you're saying, you know, you know, we could do a whole episode on the economy, or even uh, several episodes, because you know, I, mean, yeah, I yeah, can tell how episode. much you you're into this and how much you really you're know, putting your you know emphasis into it
1: <laughs> it's just like i'm i'm no economist but i the reason why i understand this is because it, it's so it's like engraved in everybody's life uh, like what's going on Uh, At a national level, you know, in terms of politics and economics, and you don't really need to study that to actually have a somewhat basic understanding. You'll see that something very common among Argentines is that everybody can talk about economics, which is something I haven't found in my time in the U.S. For instance, I folks know about their country, but they're not so knowledgeable about, like you know, like. Perhaps this state produces this thing, and like these other state produces some other things, and and the government like is uh, pursuing these sort of policies to, you know, increase spending, whatever. No, like, it's very few people, only those who study that. But I hear like those decisions that the government takes affects us at the, such a higher level that we need to know about them. No?
0: So I kind of get that you're saying that, you know, if for, for Argentines, it's kind of part of their like their identity is to be involved in politics, to be involved yeah. in economics. That's, you know, that's cool. Because, yeah, in the U.S., a lot of people know a lot, a lot of people know something, and a lot of people know nothing about, you know, whatever topic you you talk about. Uh, so it's it, well, it just... Well, I should
1: li- say, well, if you take a random farmer, probably, uh, I don't know how much that dude would know about that. <laughs> like, surely, surely he's also affected, too, because, like, the government puts restrictions on... On the amount of so, like I told you about, like exchange rate from pesos to dollars, but there's a special exchange rate when you want to export stuff, and there's a special another special exchange rate when you want to import stuff. So mm-hmm. of course, the importing exchange rate is much higher than the exporting one, so that the government can make like some sort of like, like benefit from there. Yeah, they can right. they
0: can impose tariffs and they can you know tax that to try to generate as much revenue as possible. So
1: yeah, so it's. It's a, there's a very, you know, in Argentina the the most famous type of music. It's called tango. Uh, uh, good old tango. A, the tango dancing is just a it's a beautiful type of dancing. It's like between the man and the female, very close together. It's very romantic, and but like the, the main why am I mentioning this? Because there's a very famous song. It's called El Cambalache.
0: El you Cambalache. To, uh, okay.
1: It, you know, or we're just looking at YouTube and. And I think the the lines of that song were written in the 50s and in the 60s. And they describe Argentina's economic problems back then. And if you were listening to that song today, you would see that nothing has changed. It's incredible. Mm, I it say As applicable as in the 50s and 60s as it is in the 2020s today. So it's just remarkable.
0: Yeah, because wherever you go in the world, I mean, there's going to be things you're going to, you know, Regardless of what time period you're in, you can relate to whatever time period you're in. But, but it's that is kind of a, a an interesting fact that it's almost like oh I know exactly what this is even though it's 40, 50 years you know, you know, since that song was was produced.
1: Yeah, another really yeah, like, Just I don't want to bore you guys with like speaking about the economy, but if there, there's just one last phrase I'd like to say about the economy in Argentina, which is. I think a very famous Nobel Prize winner, uh, I, I won't say the, the name because I, I, I'm not sure, so, but you can literally Google this phrase, which is, uh, there's four types of countries in the world. There is, of course, the developed countries and the developing countries. And then there is Japan and Argentina. <laughs> so, why, why does he say that? Because Japan is, of course, a country that, from the ashes from after the Second World War, it rose to be what it is today. But last, we actually were at world power. That's a fun fact, Argentina. Something we are also very reminiscent of uh, in our <laughs> lives. Yeah, like back in the 1920s, which is like literally a hundred years ago, we were actually the seventh country of the world. Uh, but yeah, but now we are just Argentina. We're probably just known for our soccer, uh, here it's called football or some other sport, or, or perhaps because of this, perhaps because of the economy.
0: Well, I would say you know, like having studied, you know, having studied history and geography. I mean, Argentina is definitely known for some things, and it's known for its, you know, it, it, the Rio Del Plata, for Buenos Aires, for its beef or, or c- cattle, but also it's definitely known for its economics. That's one thing that a lot of people around the world, when they hear when they hear that when they hear the term Argentina, that maybe one thing that kind of jumps to their mind first. Exactly.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I, I told you guys should have. A, I think this is a, some sort of basic understanding. If somebody, if somebody comes to you and tries to explain about how, how Argentina's economy works, you, you've heard it from me first. <laughs> uh, but I, should you be warned that uh, perhaps everybody has their own interpretation? Of, of course, everyone, uh, is, everyone I will interpret no differently. Uh, the best one, um, because everybody feels it in a different way.
0: And, and, you know, transitioning to a related topic is politics, you know, so I politics. can... And from what you were well, saying I, I, on the economy, I, I, I can already see kind of the political impl- implications there, so...
1: Absolutely, You know how in the U.S. you would have a... You have two parties, yeah, the Democrats and the Republicans. Well, back here, I mean, we have... There's always one party and then there's another... And then there's, like, some other party that that is formed from a coalition to defeat that one party. That that one party I'm speaking about is the Peronism, or Peronistas, in Spanish. And it was founded by by one individual called uh, Juan Perón in the 1950s, 1940s. And he is perhaps one of the most incredible examples of modern populism. Which is uh, something that I, some folks say the U.S. is going through, but like it's by no means the same. Populism—what does that mean? It's giving to the people. It's like about, in the sense that you're prioritizing the people over companies, the the employee over the employer. You're providing lots of subsidies instead of investing, you know, where you need to invest. Which is okay because back in the day when this dude, I came to power, there was there were very big inequalities between my, like you know, like those who owned the company and those who worked at those places. But, uh, but yeah, like when you take it a step too far, right, that that, that leads into a lot of trouble.
0: All things um, in moderation, as they say. <laughs>
1: yeah, moderation. Well, but like, I'm not saying that part is completely wrong because um, I don't understand it fully quite myself. So please, please Google it or find out more. The problem is when they I hate it when they steal money. You, I don't mind if you're going to earn in my country, but just don't, don't steal money from us, from our taxes. And, and for the... So I, I was born in 99, and from more or less 99 until, I don't, I don't know, like 2015, the same this same ruling party wasn't in power. Out of which, for 12 of those, I, I don't know, like 16 years, it was the same, like, pair of people, this one dude and his wife, now, the dude died but his wife is her name is Christina Kirchner very famous uh, president very very uh, pragmatic one of the most skilled politicians yet it has like, the, the causes which she's accused of of corruption are so that there's so much evidence and like so much money that she has stolen from us literally she she would go to the Argentine patagonia with these sacks with my like, euros and US dollars, and just I like, bury them there in the desert, and they have been found, and it's an amount of money that is so so large. We're speaking on the millions, but like hundreds of millions of US dollars that have been stolen from like us taxpayers, and she's still not in jail. And you know why she's still not in jail? Because she somehow manages to you know stay in power, or just like the, the, the you know, like the, like the the law system, you know, it just doesn't work well because the president can like, you know, handpick who, who the judges are on the Supreme Court.
0: She can manipulate things around her to make sure she's not prosecuted and removed from office. As long as she exactly. maintains that leadership position, she can continue to manipulate things.
1: Exactly. And then like in 2016, this other party, which was formed as a coalition to defeat this party, so I should say... This one, this lady, this person, Cristina, she belonged to the Peronistas, which is partly because this, this provides that bad image around them, right? And then this came, this other dude from another party who won the elections, but then her party would do his life impossible whenever he tried to pass a law. This dude that came to power in 2015, his name is Mauricio Macri, and he tried to pass laws to actually, you know, put the put the country, you know, again on, 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 on the road, you know, try to make it better again, because it, it's been like years and years of just like leaving it, you know, like die in the desert. And you know, the comes and tries to make things better. But like, you know, uh, in a true democratic system, you're there at the, at the legislature or you're at the Congress and you need to pass laws and they have to be approved by at least, I don't know, like at least more than half of the members that are present on, that day's session, and yeah, he he did won the elections. He did not have like the majority in neither one of the chambers. You know, like in the so he didn't
0: the he didn't have enough majority to actually to you know get the laws passed. So whenever he proposed something, the other party could defeat that. Uh, that's it's a, a right, classic that example it. of stone. We'll call that stonewalling. Yeah, you you just stop everything that is from from being the you stone. know. <laughs> Yeah, you like
1: couldn't achieve half as, half as much as he proposed himself to achieve, and uh, well, his life was made impossible too. And and by the end of 2019, 20 yeah, like 2019, when his government was ending, you know, like like the economic numbers were not looking right. You know, we were like the U.S. dollar had risen from 20 to like around 60 or so. So that, that is like around 300 percent. That's a lot. And then uh, I just imagine that producers are just like, they're just devastated. They're destroyed with such a drastic change. So, of course, people wanted to go back to the day where they were happier, where they had like more disposable income, where they had more subsidies. When When were those days, you might be wondering? They were back when this other lady was in power. Even though she stole money, people had more money to themselves, too. But uh, this other dude, I mean, like, when, when it's like you're giving this, like, a kid a candy, right? But like, you know, if you eat too many candies, you will, that will lead
0: to diabetes or, I don't know, like, to some sort of disease. <laughs> too much of anything of, is like, not good, and spe- especially sweets. <laughs> it's
1: not good, right? But, like, you get used to that and you like it. And when you're taking that candy away, you don't like it at all. You exactly really you
0: hard. get you get you get you get accustomed to it it becomes normal for you and then when that's exactly. you know pride out pried out of your hands it, it creates a very quick you know reaction like hey
1: no so i that, that that is a perfect way of putting it so, so yeah this lady ran for not for presidency but she was the vice president of the beautiful run for presidency and that dude won incredibly and that that is a. She is our current vice president right now, even though it's been demonstrated. She stole hundreds of millions of dollars from us.
0: That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. The
1: people don't learn about their own mistakes. They keep on
0: voting for corruption. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, one thing with politics is that, you know, politicians are very good at projecting an image, you know, to to the masses and, you know, they're try, They like you know. One thing I've noticed in the U.S. is that you know certain parties and certain politicians they get people to vote on emotional topics, not topics that actually benefit them. They get them riled up, and then they actually will vote against their own interests. You know, it's No, that,
1: that, is, that is true. I, I I definitely agree with your words in there. But on the other hand, there is also this this very famous phrase that my history teacher back in high school would say isn't like people vote with their hands on their pockets, which means you, you feel how how big your wallet feels, you feel how much cash you have in your pocket, and you feel comfortable with that, of course, you would like to, you know, continue with that status quo in there. But if you don't, then you'll probably want change. And mm. as I told you before, 40% of the country is below the poverty line.
0: And that's so, so sad. That's uh, so sad to hear.
1: It is very bad. And they will continue like that. You know why? Because for her, it's convenient to have them still be in poverty. While for our previous person, he wanted to, you know, improve their lives, their lifestyle, because that, that's what you would need to do. But for her, she knew that if you kept, like, that 40%, percent there in poverty and you still do, you know, they would keep on voting for her. You, you are not educating society enough to actually have some common sense and provide them with, like, resources to, like... T- Make
0: sound decisions. Hence, knowledge is is power. You know, if you have a a, if if the population overall is educated, they're going to be more cautious in what they do. They're going to think about what they do in greater in greater detail. Hence, politicians won't be able to influence them as much if you have a more educated population. So, that's a classic example of you know she can keep that large voting block voting for her by keeping them in that position. Even though, if you told them that, that would make them angry, but they don't see that.
1: Is no, absolutely show But I mean, that, that—that is, you know, not show what what has happened in here over and over again for the last seventy years, perhaps.
0: Yeah. Well, Andy, uh, I, again, I think we could do a whole other just a whole other episode on this alone because I mean, this—I mean—you've sparked my curiosity more and more because I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of political, you know. You know, crap that's going on here in the US, but that's that, that it, the blatant, that the the, the, bla, the blatancy of that is just so, is just so sad to see. Like, I
1: don't know, it's just, it is interesting, right? Because we, we are citizens, we have, we, we can, the, the most effective way of participating politically is by voting. Mm-hmm. And you would see that your vote has, it has so much power because you, it can like determine the difference between. One person and another one being elected. But at the same time, you as a citizen, you know, like there's decisions that are taken from above that can literally knock you out and you feel so powerless. Yeah. Um, and I guess how, that's how everybody feels. And that's, that's the system in which we live, which I don't criticize nor, you know, like glorify in any way. But, uh, but we just need to accept it until someone comes with something that might seem better. But, I, but I'm okay for now, thank God. Uh, of course, we we still need to work towards like improving everybody's like you know access to education and you know resources.
0: Yeah, there's always something yeah. to improve, no matter where you are. There's always things that can be improved, and I think that's you know and that's very clear to see you know where you are right now. So kind of so Understood. that's pretty you know that's very interesting. You kind of you, your your analysis of that you know and, and another thing I know. That Argentinians are really big into, and that is sports.
1: Oh, well. So, what what sports have you heard about that we are good at? Well, I'll do a test
0: with you. Well, I know, for example, like in Latin America in general, football or soccer, as we call it. Uh,
1: Football is your proper way to say it. I I accept it, all right. Football, of course, what else? What what else have you heard Argentina be good at
0: in terms of sports? I'm not the biggest sports fan, so I'm not going to indulge you too much on that.
1: <laughs> oh my God! Well, I, let, let me just step in, in there. And <laughs> but of course, football is our biggest pride. Uh, that it makes us cry. That it makes us like laugh. It makes us everything. All, all of our emotions, perhaps most of our lives, revolve around that. And just as a political side you note, know, right? Sometimes the government it does subsidize, like you know, like some TV channels where they, you know, they they screen like football matches. That way, no society is entertained in a way because everybody loves soccer. It's, like it's a sport that is played from, you know, the very like, the shanty towns to the richest towns. Everybody plays that. It crosses sport.
0: all economic and so- social levels.
1: And it's, and it's perhaps as a job or as an industry, the, the one that will provide the perhaps with the most resources to ascend economically and socially, we've seen, most of football players, right? They, they, they do not really come from privileged backgrounds, at least back here. Uh, and yeah, and, and they have earned their lives like that. And that is totally respectable and they are geniuses in what they do. Uh, and we've seen like plenty, perhaps that would be one of our strongest exports to the world. We export soccer play, football players to France, to Italy, to Spain, above everything, you know, even to China, there's like, a couple of Argentines in there. Everywhere. And that, that's how they know us. Um, currently, right? domestically, our soccer, our football team, I, I keep on saying soccer, our football teams are pretty good. They, they are not comparable to the European leagues. Those are, I mean, the, the very best play over there. But I still have a respectable league over here. But our national team, that, that is something to be proud of. Uh, they haven't been doing that well in the international scene. But uh, but I'm I'm, I'm faithful, and, and so is all of Argentina that will will do pretty good uh, next year when I think the qualifying rounds begin for for the Qatar Championship, the World Cup.
0: Well, you know, as with any team, I mean, you know, enough, you know, preparation, training, and persistence, you can you can achieve anything.
1: Uh, and of course Messi, because like he's always there. <laughs> you know, Messi, right? I mean, you can yeah. always. And then, of course, uh, what else are we good at? We are really, well, I wouldn't say really good, but uh, we've we had a gold medals in the Olympics in uh, like field hockey, particularly the women's team. Uh, they, they have beaten, uh, I think the Netherlands are pretty good in that sport. Really. They have beaten them multiple times. So that, that's uh, on the women's side. Tennis, of course. We got a... A couple of good players in here on the top ten uh, i in fact one of them has won the u s Open in two thousand and eight his name is Juan juan martin del Potro very famous player um yeah they, I, I am a per I personally love tennis my family
0: everybody in my family oh, plays tennis here here man I played tennis in high school I love it too <laughs> we we did not play tennis though we
1: we, we will
0: eventually play tennis yeah <laughs> That we will, that we will, man. Just time, time and patience and then wait until this current situation in the world improves.
1: <laughs> it, it, it improves, absolutely. Yeah, that, that is that uh, rugby, on the rugby scene, we are one of the big four countries of the South together with uh, Australia, New Zealand and South Africa. We made it, I think, to the semis of so the rugby world championship, I think, a couple of years ago. So uh, that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, we got pretty good players. But as you can see, I'm not super passionate about it. They, they made me play in my high school
0: rugby, and I just didn't like it at all. It's and rough. I mean, it's rough. I, I've known people who plays it, who are... Ah, my grammar's terrible. Who have played it, and, you know, they some of them enjoyed it, but a lot of them, they're like, you know, it, it really takes a toll on their body.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah It's something that I make me laugh when I, when I watch what you guys call football. We, we actually call American football. Uh, and it, it is an interesting sport. We do not play it at all, but uh, but uh, we do make a little some fun of it because I mean rugby and American football they, they're pretty similar. But uh, but like you guys are pretty much the only ones in the world who play American football, and you play it very well, I should
0: say. Oh yeah, I mean, I know so many people here. I mean, like when the football season, it's like oh my god, football season, football season, football season.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Like, <laughs> and, yeah. like, there. and then um on last but not least, one of one one other sport in which we're pretty good at is the is basketball. And I if I'm not mistaken mistaken, we actually did it we make it we made it to the final round of the basketball like world championship too last year. I think we were defeated by either Serbia or Spain. I don't remember well. Uh-huh. I, I we have a couple of players actually playing on you know on in the NBA. Uh, one one famous example is Manu Ginobili in, the, in, the, in San Antonio. So they're in uh, I think that's Texas, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, like basketball. Um, that, that's a great sport. I, we we are still far from being as good as the US. But the, the US is probably yeah, the give best it, of the world. Give it time, yeah. and like I
0: said, give it time. You
1: know. It, yeah, that that is in a nutshell
0: the sports scene back home. You know, I'm glad you kinda of went you kinda broke of that down for us because you know, a lot of people oh you know, soccer, football, where whatever you want to call it, you know, everyone knows that, but the other ones not not as much. I mean, you know, I actually didn't know about the field hockey as much
1: tennis
0: tennis tennis i knew because having played tennis i follow tennis more than other sports so that that's surprising but the other two actually were more surprising but that's that's excellent you know it shows more and more diversity
1: well, the, well like, on an olympic level you know these are like more or less like team sports and well tennis is individual though but on an olympic level i think we, all, we have a one this girl who won in judo a couple of times but uh, that's like a very specific example yeah, that's course.
0: still something need to need to you know to say though so <laughs> kind of so speaking Argentina, of sports you were saying you know it kind of you know everyone is drawn to it so of course that draws us to Argentinian people in general
1: I would say you find at least of all of those sports soccer like that, that one if you ever encounter an Argentine they will know about soccer and they would probably be able to tell you a little bit about the other ones know there'll be a final like at
0: least one other one of those yeah, and you've hinted at you know in discuss- discussing the you know economics politics sports you know you have hinted at you know just what argentinian people are like you know it seems like they're very very outgoing very passionate you know very you know driven especially on the things that they you know think are important and have a you know, and believe in i think I, I you you
1: couldn't have described it in a better way, i think like even related to sports, if you go, if you go, imagine the U.S. was playing some sort of match in one of these sports against Argentina. I think you would never find such an enthusiastic and passionate, you know, like audience in the stadium. I found myself I, I was lucky enough in the in in the U.S. to experience an NBA basketball game, and it was fantastic. But you see, the the audience isn't really cheering that much, and when they do, it's just for like thirty seconds. Of that match, but uh, Argentina will find that that audience it will all along the match the 90 minutes that it will last, or two hours, whatever they will be cheering for their team, they will be there just they, they will bring the trombones and like a freaking whole band. And they will they just, uh, perhaps also those casseroles that I, I mentioned earlier with like those wooden spoons, and they will cheer as high as it, 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 it would be heard. At least a kilometer away, that like some sort of like Argentina against someone matches going on is happening right now, super passionate. you see like people with their head, like faces painted white and blue, which is the, the color of our flag and and singing all the, the anthem. It, it is remarkable, and I, I, if you probably if you Google it, you'll, you'll see that Argentine audiences and like these sort of events they, they are one of the most unique ones.
0: I mean, I can imagine just you know it'd be like electrifying, you know, you know, all encompassing, and just you know, just you know, a sea of energy that, that people would you know just jet would just you know, you know, resonate in that in that setting.
1: Exactly, that 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 makes total sense. Uh, as a one one like a history one-on-one of like Argentine people, how they are composed, you guys should know that Argentina, such like the US. We are both immigrant countries, we were made from immigration. It's uh, so much so that in the 1920s, back when I mentioned that Argentina was the seventh power of the world, I mean, we have literally over oh, 7 million of, that composed our population, half of them were actually from abroad. So You'll see that we actually attracted people uh, to come here. And who were those people, you were wondering. You might be wondering that now. And it's mostly Italians and Spanish people. Uh, so you'll see, if I'm not mistaken, one in three people in here have actually Italian nationality and probably also
0: Spanish nationality. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. wow. I mean, that that's that very interesting.
1: Yeah, we have a very large European heritage, but particularly from those two countries. Even myself, I, I well, I'm, I'm a weird crazy. I'm... My family is kind of from Portugal, but, um, but, yeah, but it's all that region of the world, mm-hmm. from the Iberian Peninsula. And, and and you'll see, when you find an Italian person, you'll see that they actually speak in a very similar way to the way we do. You know, they use hand gestures like the ones I'm using right now, but you cannot see them because you're just, just hearing me.
0: Well, Andy, uh, I, I can relate. My family's Italian, so we we're very animated when we talk. So I think there's definitely some similarities. Wherever Italian people go, and they you know, their their they're descendants, they there's a lot of things that are kept that are kept.
1: Absolutely, it, 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 is, it is remarkable because I've been I've been places around the world, and they, they ask me where do you come from, and one of the first guesses that, that usually folks tell me is, "Are you from Italy?" And I'm no. But, I, but I'm perhaps from what could be considered some sort of Italian colony. Because there's so much Italian heritage in here. And, but, but, and that in a way has influenced the way we speak Spanish. Because if you've heard like Argentine Spanish being spoken and their accent is completely different from any other Spanish in Latin America. We we speak in the same, like following a very similar Italian accent. Uh, I, I invite you to I don't know, going to YouTube and I Google or I like just searching there for different Latin American accents, and you see the Argentine is remarkably different, and that's why. It's so, I like among people in Latin America, it's easy to identify.
0: Way, no, that's yeah, it, that's really cool, though. You know, great. seeing that fusion, not just you know, not just in the people, but also in how how it's influenced the Spanish language in Argentina with that kind of that. That's neat. That's neat. And you know, yeah, definitely. You know go on YouTube and you know, just maybe do a compare or contrast of you know an Argentinian speaker speaking Spanish versus other people in Latin America that be-
1: exactly. or my or like, alternatively you hear me speaking in English and yeah I, I might sound very probably Hispanic we, you might get it or some folks have said also that my English accent is somewhat Italian too. If you ever heard uh, an Italian person speaking in English, having studied so, it, yeah,
0: having studied in Italy, I would say there's definitely it does remind me of that.
1: <laughs> some resemblance yes. there going on, uh, and so that's well, and arguing people in Europe, like it's also you know you got like this tango culture. That I mean, it's not that everybody's passionate about tango, but uh, but I would say that this sort of romanticism, you know, like between the man and the woman, it's just it, it is a pretty big part of our culture. I would say uh i invite you to come and experience it because it's pretty unique
0: uh well andy i certainly will want to take you up on that as soon as i can i will say that
1: absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but again I, i'm speaking from a bias perspective because of course i am the observer in here and
0: uh, of course especially. but we all have our biases but you know as long as we just try to moderate them that's all we can do absolutely so that that's argentina
1: and then uh, I guess one thing we haven't spoken about yet is food.
0: Oh, of course! You can never forget the food. Any place you go, you, if you don't try the food, you're you're, you're missing out on so much.
1: And, and we we do have a couple of dishes that we are known for. But before I go into the dishes, a fun fact about our country is that so we are 44 million in total. That's relatively; it's not such a big number given that we are actually, I think, the eighth largest country in terms of like surface area nonetheless
0: guess how many cows do we have I think it's going to be more than people having studied Latin American, his- Latin American history having studied Latin American history during my undergrad I remember that like in the 1800s that even beggars would be seen or would be have, would have been seen riding cows because there were so many cows even they could ride a cow or even <laughs> it's like what? okay Well, technically if if
1: like society, if we were living in an like equal place, everybody would be able to
0: own one point one and a quarter
1: cows. So we have around fifty four million cows. And wow. quantity growing, and that's just cows. And with, there's a lot of other animals too in there. And so you guessed it, we love to eat meat, and that is that would compose at least half of our weekly diet. In my case, I would say around ninety percent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is one of the things I miss the most when I'm not back home because uh, of course you, you're raised eating eating steak and beef and barbecue and like that, that happens every Sunday. We, we have very large, you know, very big like barbecue tradition of every Sunday meeting or, like gathering around with the family, with friends and just like holding a big barbecue there, putting some piece of beef into, into the grill there and just having some fun. Um, so you can imagine all types of meats being cooked mm.
0: in there and then um, You're making me hungry, man.
1: Come <laughs> uh, you on, know, it's already we already ate both so, uh, of But I'm hungry too, actually. I'm hungry <laughs> um, but uh, given also our you know Italian and Spanish heritage, there's a lot of, you know, Italian food and we have um, I wouldn't say we are big on pizza, but we are pretty big on pasta. And you can see like, all of these like boutique restaurants here and there and serve pasta. And, of course, Spanish cuisine. But that, I mean, I won't speak about Spanish cuisine. We need a Spanish person to do that. But, uh, <laughs> but
0: from my perspective, Argentine Spanish cuisine, it's just wonderful. You well, you're, be, you're um, giving me more and more reasons to visit. I'll just say that. Because... It's just
1: tortillas and, you know, like, just, I don't know, like salami and prosciutto. You know, all of those, like, cold cuts. And cheese is oh, that that is wonderful. But, but like, what are the two biggest traditional dishes back here? There's there's two, and these are my personal favorite ones.
0: And one of them is called empanada. Have you heard of a, the term empanada before? I don't believe so. It sounds you know, familiar, but I can't say I can't say I know what it is.
1: Do You know what a calzone is, yes? By any you know it has like that, uh, like half a moon shape, mhm you no. Know? We had a calzone in China back in the day. Imagine imagine an empanada, if you wanna like Google it really quickly, it's, it's it's also half shaped, it's relatively small, but it's filled it's like a it's like a small cake filled with meat.
0: Oh that sounds good. It's
1: delicious, man. And you either cook it on the oven or you just stir fry it and gone. Yeah, that that is truly remarkable. And and then the other dish it's called Milanesa. Milanese. Uh, probably because it comes from Milan in Italy. Um, another name it's known uh, for its schnitzel in oh, Europe. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You
0: know what
1: a schnitzel is? Yes. Yeah. It's like that breaded, you know, like piece of steak, and, and in here that that has to definitely be your national dish. So much so that I, I mean, it's debatable whether or not it was invented here. You know, of course, it existed in Europe, but there's so many different variations of that dish that were definitely invented in here. That we, we take that as a natural dish, even though it, it wasn't really born in here. And and gore. That 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 is a single like that 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 alone is a reason to come here. Um I or just go to an Argentine restaurant somewhere in the world. And I, I love I, that's my favorite dish when you have it with some fries, with some like fried egg too. they just, just like you can you know like the yellow part of the fried egg you just oh, the yolk, dip the fry there and some ketchup off that, that is my paradise. (laughs) I have have lived places abroad and I have drunk about eating that dish and I would wake up with my, you know, my pillow being on water and it would be one of the saddest memories I have from my experience living abroad, but I would wake up and I would be so sad because all that was a dream. And I wish I was back home eating that dish Uh, and now I am. So I'm grateful for life. I did have that for dinner, but, <laughs> but even thinking about it just makes me, you know, hungry again. So who knows? I might actually go downstairs in a moment and,
0: you know, like grab another bite or two. Uh, well, I mean, I, mean, the, the, I will say guys. as soon as I have a chance to come, I'm trying both of those. <laughs> so, those are our dishes.
1: Uh, honestly, I, I love them. I, 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 I'll be honest with you. I, I love my old or- <laughs> food
0: well that's awesome man you know and like i said we could do a whole other episode on just food too because there's so much we can delve into but the last thing last thing today that we can discuss is of course uh some places in argentina that you think you know people if people go they should definitely see
1: oh well there's so many I- i'll try to keep it short because uh, you guys have been hearing us for a long while i i can imagine yeah you can so, just make
0: a li- make a general list of places you think are really good
1: well so definitely You'll, you'll first arrive to Buenos Aires if you choose to, you know, come in this journey because that's our international gateway. Uh, some people might call it the parts of the south because because back in the day, I, a lot of the we, My folks hired a lot of like, you know, French architects to design many of the buildings that you can find in center city. I mean, there, there's a, a very high resemblance to Europe in there. Beautiful place. It has one of the widest avenues in the whole planet. Uh, I think it's around. Uh, I would say a yard long. A yard is around 100 meters. Like, no a yard a oh, wide? I mean, not long. Uh, yeah,
0: pretty... yeah. So you're saying it's about a yeah. You know, it's about um, hundred uh, like a, a like a block, a square block.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: like a whole block wide. Oh okay yeah, okay. So they're kind of like okay like block sized buildings like a square block. It's
1: called the 9 of July because 9 of July is the Independence Day here. So so it's a very famous avenue and then to well, Buenos Aires you'll find lots of things to do uh, uh, there, of course the tango capital and there's like these sort of places where you'll find like people dancing spontaneously uh, lots of restaurants too uh, and so that, that would be more or less a cultural capital of argentina but that's where you find where there's like, all of these blends of immigration if you're like, going to go more local then there's like regionally there's lots of places um for instance there's a province called Mendoza where it's very known for the wines the red wine that is produced there because I don't know if you guys heard of but uh, Argentine wine is pretty famous too
0: I personally uh, am a fan of Argentine wine
1: and we have a famous type of grape which is our national pride. it's called the Malbec uh I, I personally in here the legal age to drink is 18 and I'm 20 so yes it's. Um, I I, I have drunk a lot of that wine and I I, I love it. Uh, So we go to like that region, if you run, usually the tours around like the vineyard, it's beautiful. Then there is one place called Bariloche, which is south of that place. And Bariloche is what we'll call our little Switzerland because you have a very beautiful lake in there, giant lake and all mountains surrounded. And when you go there in the winter, Mm. winter here is here right now, it's between May and July, uh, May and August, and and you see all the mountains packed with snow. Uh, fun fact about Argentina: not the best of like facts, but, um, but an interesting fact is that after the Second World War, uh, many Germans actually found exile in here. because Argentina is such, such a interesting country that they actually allowed Nazis to find refuge in here, and the place they chose was that place, like this city called Bariloche, because it actually resembled a lot of Austria and, I, you know,
0: those places in Europe. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you, you, you that, know. that
1: thing aside, uh, I'm sure there's no more Germans in there uh, today, and, and it's <laughs> a beautiful place to be at, uh, to do kayaking. And then, last but not least, I've, 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 there's lots more places, but this one is the, the one I would like to wrap up with. It's called Ushuaia. It's an interesting name, and it's the southernmost city in the whole world. Uh, the southernmost like a visible city. It has I don't know like 100,000 not less than 100,000 people in there, but it's a such a beautiful place there, and you can see glaciers, and you know there's usually expeditions that run from there to Antarctica because there's a part of Argentina in Antarctica too, you so, so that's definitely one place to visit, and they have a really, really good wines there too. Incredibly, they do grow wines.
0: Yeah, because I mean that's that's that that would be down in like the Patagonia, correct?
1: That, that's down like the southernmost point of the whole Patagonia. It's incredible. Wow, that that's what uh, Jules Verne, you know, like a famous author, would call the end of the world. It was inspired in that, in the Beagle Channel, which is like, it crosses between like Argentina and Chile, right? that, that, that straight over there. There's a very famous lighthouse that uh, you folks like taking pictures of, which is like, what they, like that poetic vision of the end of the world. <laughs> uh, well, not, not in terms of time, but in terms of just like geographically, it sounds nice. And, and it, it, it's a nice place to be unconnected and just reflect about life.
0: No, it sounds like a great place just to go and enjoy the sights, you know, and have a you know just have some nice personal time and you know enjoy the world around you and just you know that the the, the grandeur of that place. That no, that all three of those places sound really neat. You know, Buenos Aires, you know, and the other two places. I mean, both would, or all three would definitely be included on a trip if I would go there.
1: Absolutely, and uh, if if anybody that wants to come, I'm here. For, for now, so let me know when
0: I can help you out. Well, everyone, there you have it. You, you might you have yourself a potential tour guide right here. So if you want to go to Argentina, Aires, which is where I live, I would be
1: delighted. So
0: there so you go, do. there you go. And that's one thing I found from traveling is that there's nothing better than than spending time with a local and traveling in their country with them because it just makes the experience so much more wholesome. And then, likewise, if they ever come to your country, you can you can give the same thing to them where you're from, yeah. because it, it every... be a different
1: experience like I would
0: say, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. You know, I'm I'm really happy that you got to share these facts of Argentina with us. You know, some that are pretty common knowledge, others that are not. And I've learned some things today, and that's really neat. So we're definitely going to do more episodes and cover more topics, both about Argentina and about what we've done in China, and who knows what else down the road. So, absolutely, absolutely. So Andy, you know, again, I just wanted to thank you for joining me today. And, you know, it's been very interesting. I hope that everyone who listens today has uh, thought it was interesting. And if anyone has any ideas or uh, suggestions of what we can talk about in greater depth, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you and we can add more content um, and try to interconnect this great world of ours because there's so much diversity and so much that people can learn that, You know, we can't just stick to where we are and content ourselves with with what's around us. We have to reach beyond that.
1: Uh, Absolutely. Thank you for having me, as usual. And I hope you guys enjoyed it, too. And, yeah, welcome to Argentina, I would say.
0: There you have it. So until next time, this has been another episode of International Immersion, and we will see you on the next episode.